Hello everyone, and welcome back to the Watchdogs Park. My name is Drew, I am your host, and I consider myself a watchdog. This is episode 52. I wonder what we're going to do. Oh, I know. Let's listen to episode 52. I know. I'm, I'm just going to continue doing that. I, I'm having a good time doing it. If this is your first time tuning in, thanks for tuning in. And I encourage you to go back and listen from the beginning because I've been on kind of a journey since starting this podcast. And yes, there are going to be some things that are old news, but it will give you an idea of where my mind went in the process of growing through this podcast. All right, in this episode, the title is How to Destroy a Country in Four Years. I'm telling you right now, I'm watching what's happening in our country, and I don't think you could do it more effectively than this administration has. And once again, I'm going to refer back to the eight steps to create a socialist state by Sololinsky. And remember, Sololinsky was praised and is followed religiously by Hillary Clinton, Barack Obama, and many others in the Democratic Party. Listen to these steps, and then let's go over them one by one. Then we're going to go to Karl Marx's Communist Manifesto. And I promise you, you're going to be shocked because this is step-by-step their plans. Let's begin with Sololinsky. All right, and let's take this one by one. There are eight levels of control that must be obtained before you are able to create a socialist state. The first and the most important, health care. Control health care and you control the people. Number two is poverty. Increase the poverty level as high as possible. Poor people are easier to control and will not fight back if you are providing everything for them to live. Number three, debt. Increase the debt to an unsustainable level. That way, you are able to increase taxes and this will produce more poverty. Number four, gun control. Remove people's ability to defend themselves from the government. That way, you're able to create a police state. Number five, welfare. Take control of every aspect of their lives, food, housing, and income. Number six, education. Take control of what people read and listen to. Take control of what children learn in school. Huh. Number seven, religion. Remove the belief in God from the government and schools. And number eight, class warfare. Divide the people into the wealthy and the poor. This will cause more discontent and it will be easier to take or tax the wealthy with the support of the poor. Do these steps sound really familiar to you too? <laughs> they do to me. Okay, let's take them one step at a time. Number one, health care. Well, control health care and you control the people. Well, how many millions of people in our country are now on the ACA? How many other insurance companies can't compete with the exchanges, the government exchanges that are going on? and therefore aren't offering their employees health care because their employees can get cheaper health care through the government. Huh, kind of like that was planned. Also, remember, you have to pay for your health care, be it through the government exchanges or private insurance. But illegal immigrants do not have to pay for their own health care. Hmm, interesting, right? All right, let's go to number two, 
poverty. Increase the poverty level as high as possible. Poor people are easier to control and will not fight back if you are providing everything for them to live. I made a special emphasis on that the last time I read it because providing everything for them to live. Huh. I hate to keep going back to illegal immigration, but illegal immigrants are provided everything to live when they get here. They're provided housing. They're provided food. Some shelters even wash their clothes for them and provide free daycare for the children. All these things we have to pay for but not those that are going to be on the government dole for their entire life. And that's what they're planning on. By allowing so many illegal immigrants into our country, we're going to impoverish our country and the poor are going to get poorer. The rich aren't going to get poorer. They're going to have plenty of money to go through all of this. And this is by design. Democrats don't care about the working people. They've proven that. They are now completely aligned with the globalists, the, the billionaires, the giant corporations, because they're the ones that are paying for Democrats. They get more donations from corporations and billionaires than Republicans do. And yet they blame Republicans for doing tax breaks for the rich and all that. All these things are wordsmithing. The Democrats control the narrative. Let me give you an idea of how bad illegal immigration really is in our country. On September 20th of this year, over 10,000 illegal immigrants came across the southern border. And recently, five of 477,000, it's almost 500,000, but 477,000 Venezuelan immigrants were giving special status, protected status, so they can work in this country. Well, if you're given a waiver and you're allowed to work, you're allowed to get a driver's license. And in states like Pennsylvania, when you get a driver's license, you also get an election ballot. Huh, that wasn't planned or anything, was it? This is the real reason Democrats are not enforcing our border at all. At all. They say, oh, we're apprehending this many. We're not apprehending. We're taking them briefly into custody. We're processing them. And then we're sending them on their way with our blessings. And like I said, one out of six Border Patrol agents are still on the border. The other five out of six are only processing applications for asylum now. Now, this is a long-term strategy for Democrats to change the electorate in this country. They want total control. They want chaos. They want anarchy so that they're able to enact a police state and take away everyone's guns. And all of these millions, by the way, it's almost 2.4 million this year alone. All these millions of illegal immigrants, they're expecting to show their appreciation for all of the accommodations we've provided for them by voting Democrat in the next election. That is why they're giving illegal immigrants free health care, social security, welfare, food stamps, you name it. Did you know the Roosevelt Hotel in New York City is completely full of illegal immigrant families living in a hotel that's costing the taxpayers $75 million a month. $75 million a month. Do you know who owns 
the Roosevelt Hotel in New York City? The Pakistani government. So yes, our tax dollars, 75 million a month, are now going to Pakistan, the Pakistani government. You know, the Pakistan that uh, allowed Osama bin Laden to live safely in their country before we killed him? Yeah, that Pakistan. I wonder what they're going to do with that $75 million. It's, I'm sure it's all humanitarian. That's, they're going to use it all for good. Oh, yeah, sure. All right, debt. That's number three. Increase the debt to an unsustainable level. That way you are able to increase taxes and this will produce more poverty. Oh, hey, it's a win-win for the people that want total control. Do you know our debt, our national debt, just surpassed $33 trillion? Do you have any idea what a trillion dollars is? Let me give you an example. I need you guys to understand how big this number really is. All right. And I got this information from a website called ThoughtCo. All right. And they're just breaking down millions, billions, and trillions. Let me just put this in total layman's terms for all of you to understand. One million is a thousand thousands. Okay. One million is a one with six zeros after it. One million seconds is about 11 and a half days. One million pennies stacked on top of each other would make a tower nearly a mile high. If you earn $45,000 a year, it would take 22 years to amass a fortune of $1 million. One million ants would weigh a little over six pounds, and $1 million divided evenly among U.S. population would mean everyone in the United States would receive about one-third of one cent. That's a million, okay? Billion. One billion is a thousand millions. One billion is one with nine zeros after it, all right? One billion seconds is about 32 years. One billion pennies stacked on top of each other would make a tower almost 870 miles high. If you earn $45,000 a year, it would take you 22,000 years to amass a fortune of $1 billion. One billion ants would weigh over three tons. And $1 billion divided equally among the U.S. population would mean that everyone in the United States would receive about $3.33. All right, now, trillions. <laughs> Here we go. One trillion is a thousand billions, or a one with 12 zeros after it. One trillion seconds, every second. One one thousand, two one thousand, three one thousand, four one thousand, five one thousand, six one thousand, seven one thousand, eight one thousand, nine one thousand, ten one thousand. If I kept going that way, it would take me thirty-two thousand years to snap off a trillion seconds. One trillion pennies stacked on top of each other would make a tower eight hundred and seventy thousand miles high. The same distance obtained by going to the moon and back to Earth, then to the moon again. One trillion ants would weigh over 3,000 3, tons, and one trillion dollars divided evenly among the U.S. population would mean that everyone in the United States would receive a little over $3,000. And for those of you who are having a little trouble still visualizing what a trillion dollars is, if you started spending a million dollars a day since the B.C.A.D., okay, since Jesus was born, you still wouldn't have spent a trillion dollars today. 2,023 years 
later, you still would not have spent a trillion dollars. And then one final uh, illustration, and this I found on, on CNN. It says 1 million seconds is 11 and a half days. 1 billion seconds is 32 years. 1 trillion seconds is equal to 32,000 years. That's how big a trillion is. We are now 33 trillion dollars in debt. Boy, wouldn't Sololinsky be amazed and impressed if he was still alive? All right, moving on with Sololinsky's steps. Number four, gun control. Remove people's ability to defend themselves from the government. That way you're able to create a police state. Why do you think the media is reporting nonstop violence all over the country? Number one, this violence was created. There is a reason why it is being increased. Number one, we have a 24-7 news cycle. So they have to fill all those hours with news. So you're getting to believe that there's more gun violence than there ever has been in history. When the facts show, the FBI statistics show that gun violence is actually down by 30% since 1993 at its apex in our country. But the Democrats want you to believe that gun violence is out of control, that it is so rampant that they have to take away guns. It's, they, they're going to start. They will start by just restricting what they call assault weapons. Yet no Democrat can define what an assault weapon is. They call the AR-15 an assault rifle and think AR stands for assault rifle. No. Again, I've said this before, but that is the Armalite Company. Armalite Rifle. That's what AR stands for. The Democrats want you to believe that an AR-15 is more deadly than a semi-automatic pistol. Yet 95% of the gun violence that happens in our country happens with handguns. Semi-automatic handguns. So why do they want to ban AR-15s? And why are they lying to you and saying AR-15s are responsible for all the mass shootings? Okay, number one, the definition of mass shooting was changed a few years ago. I can't remember exactly when it was. I think it was 2010-ish around there. But the definition of a mass shooting used to be four people killed, not including the shooter. Okay, so that was the definition. Four or more people killed was considered a mass shooting. Now the definition of a mass shooting is four or more people shot or killed, including the shooter. That is now what the definition of a mass shooting is. That is why we believe that a mass shooting is happening every single day, because the definition changed. The gun violence has not increased. The definition has, and the reporting on it has. Those two things combined make you believe that we are in a horrible situation violence-wise in this country. Now, there is some increase in violence, but at the same time as they want to convince you that it's the guns that are the problem, they are hiring uh, AGs and prosecuting attorneys that are not prosecuting the law. 
they are eliminating cash bail because it's not fair to the minorities that can't pay that cash bail. And we have far too many minorities in our prisons, so we have to let some of them out. We have to make it even. It's all about equity. And by the way, equity is mentioned numerous times in the Communist Manifesto by Karl Marx. And there's a reason for that. Another reason why you think there's way more gun violence than there ever has been in history is because they want you to be so afraid you will be willing to give up your rights and your guns if the government just promises to take care of you and make everything safer. And they will. They will promise you until they're blue in the face. We promise we'll take care of everything. We'll make it a peaceful society, a utopia, a socialist utopia. That's what they are promising. No one will be poor. There will be way less violence. They're lying to you because the only people that follow gun rules are legal gun owners. The ones that don't follow the rules are the criminals, and they don't care about the criminals. They want to reduce and restrict and confiscate gun owners that are law-abiding citizens. All right, next on the list is welfare. Take control of every aspect of their lives, food, housing, and income. That is what the government is trying to do. They're trying to impoverish more people to get more people dependent on the government because poor people and people that are dependent are easy to control. All the government has to do is threaten to take away that support. And I've said it before, but the reason why there are those signs in Yellowstone Park that say, do not feed the bears, it's, yes, number one, it's dangerous, you know, and we have idiots trying to say, take selfies and getting mauled. But that is one reason. But the main reason is because bears will become too dependent on the food that they are given, that they don't have to go get themselves. Number six, education. Oh my goodness, here we go. Take control of what people read and listen. Take control of what children learn in school. Remember my second podcast, my second episode when I talked about what is happening in our schools, K through 12, starting with Common Core. Common Core wasn't created to help anybody. It was created to separate children from parents, making it impossible for parents to help their children with math and making math so confusing that children don't want to learn it. And guess who funded Common Core? Oh, um, let me guess. Uh, Bill Gates? You're right. Then after Common Core, we had a whole generation that was raised on participation medals and taking away grades. And then after that, uh, that generation was raising children who had to have safe spaces and trigger warnings because they were prepared for the real world. And there are so many that believe that the, the, the First Amendment really protects their right not to be offended. Yeah, that's what they were learning in school. And now, young kids today are being taught things like gender theory, race, uh, critical race theory, when they're kindergartners. These were theories at the college level that were theories that were argued back and forth at the college level, okay? Academics were arguing these theories back and forth. Now they're taught as gospel in kindergarten, first and second grade. Why? 
is the left targeting children, kindergarten, first and second grade? Because science proves that those are the most influential years in a child's life. We have a generation whose parents are the ones that needed the trigger warnings and the safe spaces. Now they're raising children and they don't want to be seen as, you know, not following the rules and and not standing up. So they're allowing their children to go to drag shows. They're also putting books in children's libraries like Gender Queer and Lawn Boy. Let me let you listen to Senator John Kennedy read some passages from the book called Gender Queer. Don't worry, the bad parts are bleeped out, but you'll get the idea of how insane this really is. The first one is called All Boys Aren't Blue. And I will quote from it. I put and got and I began I and kissed him while he eventually I felt a mix of pleasure with the pain. Close quote. The second is a, a another much discussed book. It's called Gender Queer. I got a new God, that's so loud. I think you get the point. I did that on purpose. I chose a network uh, cable news channel that decided to replay it and they couldn't play any of what he read on the air so we won't allow the adults watching cable news because it's restricted by the fcc the content of these books but we'll allow five six and seven year olds to read this kind of mature content incidentally the gentleman who wrote gender queer has actually spoken up about this. He said he wrote it for adults. He did not write it for children. And he says, I do not recommend this book for children. All of this is on purpose. Again, I've said it before and I'm going to say it again. All of these things are on purpose to break the children. Break them mentally. Make them confused And break them away from their parents' influence so the state can raise them. Why else? Why else would education departments and administrators have these children choose other identities if they feel like it and then not tell their parents? Why else would our Attorney General Merrick Garland label parents terrorists? Domestic terrorists, if they show up to school board meetings to protest what is being taught in schools. You remember the guy in Virginia that showed up to protest in the school board meeting about his daughter being raped by a 14, 15 year old boy dressed in a skirt in a girl's bathroom. He was tackled and put in handcuffs and escorted out of the school board meeting and arrested. The boy that put on a skirt and pretended to be a girl and went into the girl's bathroom and assaulted this man's daughter was transferred to another school where he did it again. This is all done to demoralize children, to desensitize them, to sexualize them. Like I said, once you get those sexual trains going as early as possible, by the time they hit puberty, it will be out of control. 
And the last two things that Solovetsky talked about are religion, remove, removing the belief in God from government and schools. Teachers are not allowed to have Bibles in their classrooms to read on their bricks. But gender queer and all boys aren't blue are allowed in children's libraries. You don't see a problem with that? I certainly do. And the last thing is number eight is class warfare. Boy, that is happening for sure. The left wants the poor to be envious and to hate and want to destroy rich people and blame them for the, their problems. And it is working like a charm because all people that are poor, especially on the left, are calling for the government to raise taxes on the rich, not understanding that the people, there are some rich people that have had money passed down to them through family inheritances, all right? But the majority, and I mean 95% and higher, of the people that are super wealthy right now made their money themselves. And the left wants the poor people to believe that the rich got rich by stealing from the poor and taking away opportunities from the poor. And that's not true at all. Most of the people that are uber wealthy today came from nothing and created it themselves. In just a minute, I'm going to add what is hypercharged the real problem in our country. But first, I want to tell you about this. I have been with a company called NewSkin for a very long time, about 15 years. And I've started to build a business and then it fell off and then I started to build it again and it fell off I, because I'm an actor and I, I was too busy performing so I couldn't devote a lot of time to it. But with my new job, I have some spare time and I'm going to start building the business again. And if you want to come with me, come along. But I want to tell you about the products. The products are amazing. Absolutely amazing. They are second to none. They are double blind tested. They are rigorously tested scientifically, and they work really well for me. The products I use the most are three of my favorite, AP24 Whitening Toothpaste, Life Pack Supplements, and Celtrex Nutrisentials Recovery Face Mask. Oh my gosh, your face will feel amazing after this face mask. But I want to tell you first of all about the toothpaste. And I'm going to talk about one specific product in every podcast from now on and just start promoting this because not only is it going to help you with amazing products, if you want to do the business, you certainly can. And I have my upline are some of the best and most successful network marketers in the entire world. They're at your disposal. And I can make it happen where we can do three-way calls. We can make it all happen for you. But the product I want to talk about is the AP24 toothpaste. You brush your teeth with a dry toothbrush. That's the key with using this toothpaste. You put it on the toothbrush, brush your teeth dry, and then rinse out. Your teeth will feel so polished for like 12 hours. It's amazing. Sometimes I forget to brush my teeth at night because I go to bed and I, you know, you rub your tongue over your teeth and you're like, mm, oh, it's still pretty polished. All right. You know, you're off to bed, but give it a try. And if you want to try this and the vitamins and, you know, the face mask, all these things can be found on my personal website. It's TWD Bark, the watchdogs bark, TWD Bark dot dot com. Go check it out and let me know what you think. You can always write me at drew at thewatchdogsbark.com. And now I want to add some things to Sololensky's steps because we have hypercharged the destruction of our country now. 
And the main culprit is social media. We are raising an entire generation of narcissists who have to videotape everything they do. And especially like on apps, which I still believe should be banned in this country. Not because I want to stifle free speech. I am still convinced that TikTok needs to be banned because it is a tool of the Chinese government to spy on our country. But I think parents need to seriously consider restricting social media to their kids until they are old enough to understand what is going on. We have children that are making these videos that are bizarre, where they dress bizarre and act bizarre. And the more bizarre, the more attention they get. And the more attention they get, the more bizarre they get. There is a reason why teenagers today have the highest rate of mental illness in U.S. history. There's a reason why there is now the highest rate of teen suicides in our country's history. Social media is disconnecting teenagers. It's disconnecting adults. My, I had a friend tell me he was at the gym the other day, and I, I've seen the same thing, that he was the only one. He's my age, by the way. He's six months younger than I am. We've been friends since we were kids. He was at the gym working out, and he was the only one in the gym that did not have his face in his phone. Every other person, adult and, you know, 20s and 30s and even, even you know, old teens, they're in the gym taking selfies. See, I'm working out, you know, eating right, working out. And then that we have these influencers that are showing the best of their lives. And teenagers believe that that is their real life, that their lives suck. Their lives can't compare. So they get miserable because they're watching people on social media that are only posting and only making videos of their best selves in their best days, in their best clothes, on vacations, and doing things that everyone will envy. We are creating a generation of narcissists that cannot exist outside of social media. We have a generation of children and some adults, but we have a whole generation of people that do not understand and value life. That is one of the most disturbing things about what's going on. I saw a video that was so disturbing. I'm only going to describe it to you. You can go watch it and I would encourage you to do it, but it's, you're only going to be able to watch it once. It is so disturbing, I cannot even tell you. It's two teenagers that stole a car, and they're driving down a street. One person is filming everything going on. And while they're driving down this street, they sideswipe another car and do kind of a pit maneuver and send it off the side of the road, and they laugh, ha, 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 ha. And then up in the distance, they see a man riding a bicycle on the side of the road. And they swerve and they hit and kill that man riding a bike. And they laugh about it. Before they hit him, they're going, yeah, 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 yeah. Hit him, hit him, hit him, hit him his ass. And they hit and kill him. And they laugh about it. These teen and now we know that the teenage driver was 17 years old. And his passenger, I think, was also a teenager. We have children that have no regard for the sanctity of human life. By the way, that bike rider turned out to be a retired 35-year police veteran who was out riding his bike just by himself, having some exercise, getting some time to himself, 
and two teenage punks ran him over and killed him. And now you can look at this film. It is considered a snuff film. For those of you who don't know what a snuff film is, there are people so twisted and deranged that they film people being killed and then they sell those films. And people are so deranged and so depraved, they buy these films and, I don't know, sexually gratify themselves watching the films. We are, we are at a point in our society where evil has risen to a level I never thought I would see in my lifetime. I will be perfectly honest with you. One other statistic I believe that is contributing a lot of this is we have a lot of children being raised without fathers. I have definitely pointed out in the uh, community, the, the African-American community, that in the times of civil rights back in the 60s, there was 23% of single mothers raising children without fathers. Now it's over 70. It's almost 76% of single motherhood raising children without fathers. The government is their father. The government is taking care of them and offer them higher welfare for single mothers with many kids than for married couples raising children who are struggling themselves. And then the other thing that's happening that is contributing to the destruction of our entire country, and that is drugs. Drugs are coming over our southern border at a rate that's never been seen before in history. Millions of pounds of fentanyl have made it into our country. There has been enough fentanyl apprehended, and that's not all the fentanyl that's coming into our country. That's just what's been apprehended by the Drug Enforcement Agency, the DEA. Millions of pounds. There has been enough fentanyl to kill every man, woman, and child in this country five times over. That's how much drugs are coming into our country. And you know, I've said this in another podcast, and I'm going to call it out again. The number one only place chemicals come from for fentanyl is China. They're bringing these chemicals into our country. Actually, they're shipping the chemicals to the cartels who have full control of our southern border now. The cartels have complete control of our southern border. And they're sending those chemicals from China into Mexico, and the cartels are making the drugs. And they're making the drugs in multicolored pills to be attractive to children. Well, recently, something happened in the Bronx in New York that will make your skin crawl. A daycare center in the Bronx, New York, had one one-year-old die and three be admitted to the hospital for fentanyl overdose. There was one kilo bag of fentanyl found in the child's nap area where the children the parents are sending their children to a daycare center and they are completely trusting of these daycare providers to provide safety and security and protection and nourishment and naps for their children, their toddlers. And this daycare center in the Bronx was cooking drugs in the daycare center. A one-year-old is dead and three others in the hospital because a kilo bag of fentanyl was found in the nap area for these children. That, my friends, is shameful. That is evil. 
That is someone who is devoid of a conscience. That is someone who is so self-centered, so egotistical, that they are not thinking about anybody else but themselves, even when they've been put in charge of taking care of our most precious assets, our children. And the last thing that is happening on purpose, I kind of touched on it when I was talking about single uh, motherhood and, and children being raised without parents. The left is purposefully trying to destroy and denigrate the nuclear family. Why would they do that? Because the nuclear family provides the most stability in a child's life. You know, I, I support and love my, my gay friends. And if they want to adopt a child, you know, more power to them. I hope they do the very best they can. I hope they provide a masculine and a feminine influence in that child's life. If you're not doing that, you're hurting that child. You're influencing that child in the way they will, be, they will consider themselves the rest of their lives. Listen to this man who considers himself gender neutral. You can see he's got short hair, uh, masculine build, but he wears makeup. All right. And he talks about, well, let me just listen. You, you listen to this and see if you can figure out what I'm going to talk about. Okay. Listen to this. I didn't want to do something that was for girls. I did every single sport. I tried to be a boy so hard. Right. And I, and you know, I had two moms and I got my nails painted and I went to preschool, but here's the deal. I did have progressive parents. I did start growing facial hair when I was like 12, right? And that did not work for me. My mom had to shave for me. So you can guess what I'm going to say, right? Did you listen really closely? This person had two mothers. They raised him as a girl. They painted his toenails before he was in preschool. Those two mothers influenced and confused this child the way he was raised. And now this gender neutral man is a teacher. This is someone who is teaching your children. Listen to another one who is so damaged. I can't even believe we allow this person to, in front of children. I feel like I had to learn the concept of chosen families really young. And it wasn't anything to do with my queerness, but just based on the fact that I didn't have the love at home that I needed. And I knew that I was valuable and deserved it so I found it on my own early on and you know I shouldn't be blamed for that because like real like blood is still exists you were never there for me and I found my own love and that's okay and I think everybody should be allowed to do that and that's what I teach in the classroom okay I always say give it to your friend not your mom because your mom this woman, I think it's a woman, has very bizarre eyebrows and wears clown makeup almost. I mean, it's, it's crazy, like very bright pinks and blues and just childish makeup. This woman is a preschool teacher. Think about that. This woman is teaching your children before they even go to kindergarten. What kind of influence is she having over their lives? We're allowing these people to teach children. This woman, I, my heart breaks for her. She did not have a good childhood, obviously. She did not have parents who loved her. Or she was so rebellious, her parents gave up. I understand that, too. I know there was a time when my parents were about ready to give up when I was a teenager. But this woman needs mental help. This woman needs years of therapy. This woman should not be allowed anywhere near children. Because if she's teaching children... Her philosophy of life, that is going to 
influence those children into not trusting their parents, thinking their parents are going to treat them the same way this woman's parents treated her. This is what I'm talking about. This is what we're allowing in our education system. We're allowing people that are so mentally damaged to teach children their philosophies of life and love and sex and gender and race. We're allowing these child these children, they're still children. They may be in adult well-ish bodies. They're probably in their late teens, early 20s. I would guess early 20s for both of the the man in the first clip and the woman in the second clip. They're probably in their early 20s. They're still children. Something happened in their lives that stopped their progression mentally and maturely. They're immature. They're not capable of understanding what's going on in their lives and what was what contributed to their pain and they're passing that on to your children. And listen to this in my one of my least favorite states now, the uh, communist California. I lived in California for like 12 years and you could not pay me to move back to that insane state now. Even though it has some of the most beautiful landscapes and vistas and beaches and trails and national parks that exist in our country. You can't pay me to go back to this. California has now passed a law saying that if parents don't affirm their child's identity, remember that identity was created in the education system by teachers and administrators, where the students either told their teachers and administrators that they felt like a boy if they were a girl or opposite, or they felt like a furry or whatever. And these teachers are just enabling that mental issue that that child is going through. Now, here, here, listen to this. If parents don't affirm their child's identity, they, meaning the state and the education system, have the right to take those children away and put those parents in jail. This is the state that allows people to go into department stores and steal up to $950 of merchandise with no punishment except for a small citation and a little fine. No jail time, no handcuffs, no anything like that if they're caught. No, they're allowed to keep that. And all of the people that are, that are stealing are not trying to feed themselves when they steal $2,500 Gucci bags and, you know, Prada bags. They're reselling that. And they're taking that money and they're buying drugs or their alcohol or whatever. They're not doing it to feed their families. There are organized mass robbery mobs. I'm going to call them. They have these massive mobs of people that are hired to go into the store and each take $950 worth of merchandise and get out of the store. And then they all meet at some place or give it to someone and it's all sold online or on the street corners or whatever. I don't think there is one single person that is in these flash robbery mobs that is trying to feed their family. And now listen to what Randy Weingarten, remember I told you she is the head of the largest teachers union in our country, and she was raised by communists. Listen to what she says about people wanting parental rights over their child's education. Those same words that you heard 
in terms of um, wanting segregation post Brown v. Board of Education, those same words you hear today. It's not, you know, I, I was I was kind of gobsmacked when I was on the I was talking to Southern Poverty Law Center, and they showed me the same words, choice, um, parental rights. So many things to pick apart here. First of all, you remember she was talking to the Southern Poverty Law Center. That's probably one of the most radical left-wing organizations that exists in our country. They do not defend legal rights of conservatives. They only defend legal rights and promote legal rights to left, to Democrats. Then she's actually comparing parents who are asking for parents' rights in their child's education and the right to opt out their children from certain things being taught in schools. She's actually comparing that to people that wanted segregation during the 60s. Why is she the head of the nation's largest teachers union that teaches children? And incidentally, she doesn't like children. She's admitted that. So why is someone that has these beliefs that parents don't have the right to opt out their children from certain things that are being taught in their classes. And she's comparing that to segregationists that wanted to segregate blacks from whites. And she went to the Southern Poverty Law Center and she was gobsmacked when someone at the Southern Poverty Law Center showed her the the similarities between parents' rights and choice and segregation. The left approves of Randy Weingarten being the head of the largest teachers union because they want control of your children. They don't want you to raise your children. The left wants the state to raise their children. And what was it? Oh, I know. I remember it was Vladimir Lenin that said, give me a child for eight years and they'll be a Bolshevik for life. Why did he say that? Because children are so impressionable in the early years of their life. And if you can just indoctrinate and brainwash them for eight years, they will no longer be a problem for the left. The left will have them as faithful soldiers in the radical leftist agenda. Then we have things like this that happen to people on the right or pro-choice or conservatives. A 70-year-old woman is facing 11 years in prison for supposedly blocking access to an abortion clinic. Do you know what she was doing? Her and her companions and and fellow protesters, I guess you could say, were praying in front of a Planned Parenthood. That's it. They were praying in front of a Planned Parenthood. Now, why would the left try to put this woman in jail? Why would a, why would a group of people praying in front of a Planned Parenthood be a threat? Think about that. There's an organization called Preborn. Okay, and I'm not going to get a dime for this, but I'm going to advertise for them. There is an organization called Preborn where they pay for a woman that's considering an abortion. They pay for her to have an ultrasound and to listen to the baby's heartbeat. And, you know, people are donating sonogram machines and they're, you know, donating money to help them. And you can definitely do that. I think it's like $28 will pay for a sonogram and, uh, and listen to the heartbeat for a woman that's considering an abortion. And do you know that 97% or higher, 
Sometimes it's 98, 99. 97%, we'll just put that as an average, of the women that hear their child's heartbeat and see that child, even in a bean stage, inside their womb on a sonogram, choose to keep the child. So why would the left go after people praying in front of abortion clinic? The same thing. Those children, young girls that are choosing to go to the Planned Parenthood to have an abortion, look over and see religious people, and they want to join them. That's why this 70-year-old woman is facing 11 years in prison. And lastly, I just want to say real quickly, before I go to my positive message, The Sound of Freedom has now been released in 70 countries worldwide. And again, everyone needs to see this movie. We need to stop child sex trafficking, period. But you know what's happening to Tim Ballard, the person that the movie is about and that was an advisor on that movie? He's being attacked. He's being accused of molestation. And the public opinion, those that are on the left that can't stand people that are pro-choice or that, you know, want to protect children, they want those people put in jail. So they're not a nuisance anymore. So I am, I don't know whether or not this is true, but I'm not going to immediately judge him before the facts come out. The same thing with Russell Brand. Russell Brand has admitted in his past he was sexually promiscuous and he has been so open about it. It's almost a little too much information when you hear what he admits to and is ashamed of. But now, four women in the UK are coming forward saying that Russell Brand raped them. Interesting timing, don't you think? Russell Brand has 5 million followers worldwide in his podcast, and he is speaking the truth. The truth about the world governance, about the World Economic Forum, about the pandemic, about vaccines. He is speaking truth, and the left cannot handle it. The left cannot bear anyone that dares to speak the truth. I wonder what will happen to me if I get a bigger audience. (laughs) Who knows, but I'm willing to take that chance. So be careful, especially those people that are really famous. And again, like I said in my 50th podcast, where I was talking about the people in in the uh, entertainment industry that want to be in the entertainment industry, but are conservative, keep your mouth shut if you want to work in the industry. But if you want to have influence and if you want to be a voice for what is right, for what is just, for what is moral in this country, then speak up. All right. Well, I didn't have a chance to get to the Communist Manifesto because I focused all on the uh, Sololinsky steps and hopefully gave you enough detail to understand what is really going on in our country. And now, as I always like to do, I want to end on a positive note. Okay, and this last one is kind of a funny thing, but also a little serious. It's going to be up funny and uplifting, but you need to think about it very clearly. This is from The Rock Drive, and they play this phrase, all right? And this guy that says, do you hear this? Or do you hear this? Or do you hear this? And you'll be blown away by every time he says, do you hear this? That's what you hear. That is the power of suggestion. Listen to this. 
tell me what you hear the sentence as being. Okay. That is embarrassing. That's what I got too. So, are you sure you don't hear rotating pirate ships? Or do you hear <laughs> that isn't my receipt? <laughs> This is the power of suggestion. Just maybe you're hearing Bart Simpson bouncing. And then the la the the la the la the lobsters in motion. Surely not. Just out of a casual chaps chant, eh? So you can hear how the panelists had a lot of fun with that one. And I thought it was really funny, too, when I listened to it. But listen to the message. This is the power of suggestion. Suggestion can be used for positive or for negative. When you hear a news story and that particular reporter puts their interpretation on that story, how are you influenced by your feeling about that particular cable news channel? or that article, or, or that news organization that you listen to? How influenced are you by that reporter that you like, that is your favorite reporter, that would never lie to you? That is the power of suggestion. Use it very wisely, my friends. You can give yourselves suggestive um, messages all day long for good or for bad. I hope everyone will do everything they can to Feed themselves suggestions for good. All right? And with that, that is the end of this podcast. If you liked or disliked, agreed with or disagreed with anything I talked about today, feel free to write me, drew at thewatchdogsbark.com. And until next time, create an amazing day and help me relay the bark.